appreciate you coming because I, I can't wait to hear about what you're doing. Thank you. Thank it you for sounds, having me on. Yeah, it sounds like very, very innovative and interesting and related to a problem that in real estate that I've always sort of hoped to see a really good solution for. Um, but before we get there, tell me a little bit about yourself and about how you ended up with Paradigm. Um, well, it's a combination of professional and personal as these things tend to happen. Um, on the professional side, my background is in, um, business development and tech, um, operations. The last company I worked at was a, a tech startup that I helped grow and scale and got acquired by a private equity company. Um, and, uh, and you know, kind of bringing that type of engineering slash tech background to, to paradigm and what we're doing. Was that a Vancouver company? Mm-hmm. Which yep. one? Three VG Geomatics. I don't know. What is it? What did it do? Very, uh, very high tech. They analyze radar satellite imagery for ground movement. So completely different yeah. than, than real estate. Yeah. Um, but, um, uh, just, you know, kind of from the tech perspective of, um, you know, analyzing and, and, um, building an operation center. Yeah. Cool. Uh, there's a lot of overlaps in that respect. Yeah. Uh, and then on the personal side, I co-bought a home in Vancouver four years ago with my girlfriend and my housemate. The three of us all went in on it together. Co-bought. And yeah. that's like foreshadowing to what we're going to get to. Exactly. Um, and you did that before you knew about Paradigm or anything? You just figured it out on your own? Yeah. So uh, Paradigm, we I co-founded um, two years ago um, and I co-bought this house four years ago. I see. And uh, completely had to navigate the process on our own, kind of figure out how we were going to determine ownership percentages and share expenses and all the things that you know, yeah. paradigm helps people do. Um, and you know, kind of was trying to figure out at the same time what my next venture would be. And then I was approached by uh, Joe Hoppus our, our other uh, founder and CEO who is a managing broker, been in the real estate business for 20 years and just increasingly seeing how challenging it is for, you know, what generally are good wage earners, um, inability to get into the market. Uh, yeah. So he had this idea of helping people team up to co-buy property together and approached me and said, you know, Hey, you co-bought and you have this business tech yeah. background. Uh, I love it. Cause I, I tried and I failed honestly in mm-hmm. university. I was at UVic studying business and my dad's a lawyer and I identified, uh, the opportunity, you know, to buy a house and, and just talked with my lawyer dad about how to, how to structure it, what an agreement would look like and kind of sort of half figured it out, half baked, and then eventually kind of fell a little bit flat on trying to find other people to whom I could explain it easily enough where it didn't weird them out and weird their parents. And the end of the day, it was just too hard. So I just kept renting and I regret it so much (laughs) because had I bought that house so long ago, um, you know, instead of paying rent for four and a half years at university, I could have become a homeowner and probably just rented it out when I left and and still own it to this day. It would have been a life-changing financial decision made in my early, early twenties. It could have had a lot of runway to turn out pretty good. Yeah. And it's such a common story too, where people want to do it. I mean, you hear about people talking about co-buying on their living room couch with their friends yeah. all the time yeah. or at parties or whatnot. But it's scary and, and it's complicated and so a lot of people end up not doing it. Um, and that's kind of the market opportunity that we're hoping Paradigm can assist with is um, moving those people from who want to do it but are scared to do it to actually doing it. And your co-founder uh, that's a managing broker, are they from, are they local? They're in Bellingham, Washington. Okay. Yeah. How'd you know each other? Um, friend to friends primarily. Yeah. Kind of similar circles. There's a lot of overlap between the Bellingham and Vancouver yeah. groups in some ways. No doubt. And how did, what were uh, like first steps? How long have you guys been operating? 
two years now, a little over two years. Um, he had gotten it started kind of off the ground and uh, brought me in. And then we also have a third co-founder actually, who's based in Brooklyn, New York. So we're really spread um, yeah. all over, um, who's our CMO. He's got the marketing background. He worked at Meta for uh, six years, Facebook when he was there. Um, now he's at the trade desk. Um, so he brings the digital marketing uh, expertise to the, to the team. Um, and, uh, both of them also had their own personal co-buy stories. Both were failures as well. Um, and, uh, so the, the three so years wasn't just to be clear, you yeah. actually figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you still own that house. We actually just sold it, um, and closed last week. Oh, congrats. Yeah. Um, was it successful financially? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Totally. We all walked away with, you know, nice chunk of change yeah. in terms of equity and that you wouldn't have had if you didn't wouldn't have figure had that out. Yeah. 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 And we came at it with very different financial contributions as well, um, which is kind of interesting. Like I had a good amount of savings that I could um, put in towards the down payment and, and, you know, pretty good san uh, annual salary. Um, and then my housemate at the time had just moved to uh, Canada, actually didn't have a ton in terms of a down payment, but had a great job and great savings. And then my uh, girlfriend had independent income, um, self-employment income that um, wasn't able to go onto the mortgage. And so we kind of had to fact factor all these things in and yeah. figure it all out. But when we pulled our resources together um, and did a co-ownership agreement between the three of us that outlined how we were going to all have our various ownership percentages and yeah. all that was determined, um, we were able to actually buy a $1.5 million half duplex in, in East Van. Yeah. Um, and if I were to just try and buy on my own, it would have been you know, a, a reasonable one bedroom condo probably. Is that the house just over here that you were talking about? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So how did yeah. you figure it out? Like getting, before we get into like the paradigm model, how did you like, how does, how did it work? So I'm curious. Cause again, I failed at it. Like how did you figure out without getting too specific and, yeah. and invading your privacy? How does someone who's listening, that's trying to figure this out on their own, how do they uh, do the math around who has more deposit, who has more capacity to pay a larger portion of the mortgage payment every month? And, yeah. and what happens if somebody wants to leave sooner than later? Yeah. I mean, we kind of had to wing all of the, yeah. <laughs> wing all of it and figure it out as we, as it went along. Um, we were smart enough to hire a lawyer and do a co-ownership agreement. Um, you know, that took us dozens and dozens of hours and it cost us $4,000. So it wasn't cheap. Um, and it took quite a bit of time, but you know, that was, it was a very smart thing to do. And, um, a lot of people think that ownership agreements are really only helpful in case everything goes wrong and you need to look at the agreement um, to figure out, you know, how you're going to not sue each other or something, but really what it does, the main benefit of them is to help you structure how you're going to co-own this thing together. You know, how you're going to share expenses. What if one person wants to go travel for six months and rent out their bedroom? How are you going to share that rental income? How's all that going to, what are the, the decisions around yeah. that? Um, and it, it lays all that decision-making out ahead of time. So you're not winging it, um, as you go on a kind of week by week basis. Yeah, no doubt. Better to start the right conversation at the right time, right? Figure yeah. that out in advance. Yeah. Absolutely. And then how did the mortgage lender feel about this sort of new idea? Um, it's interesting from a mortgage, from a bank perspective, they don't really care if you've got unmarried people coming together on a mortgage. Things do get more complicated if you've got more, you know, six or more people. Um, but if there's just two, three, four, um, who are unmarried, uh, the bank actually looks at it as, as a good thing. You're all responsible for the mortgage. So if one person loses their job, well, you've got a couple of other people that might be able to step up and, yeah. and, um, help out in that you know situation for a period of being, which lowers the overall risk of the mortgage for the bank. Yeah. Um, we have 
since learned that there are some co-ownership specific mortgage products available in British Columbia, specifically from Van City, that I wish I'd known about at the time, um, that makes the mortgage piece even easier. Yeah, maybe less uh, legal work required, right? Yeah, yeah, they allow you to actually have independent mortgages within the overall mortgage. I see. So if you and I bought a place together, um, and we were going to contribute different financial amounts, you could have your own independent mortgage with your own terms. mortgage terms. Yeah. And same with me. Yeah. Um, and if I wanted to do big principal payments to pay mine off earlier, like it's all handled separately. Yeah. Right? That would solve some issues. Like maybe you were able to get better terms than I was for mortgage. Yep. So you don't suffer the terms that I'm stuck with. You yep. could have your own and I could have my own. Yep. Exactly. That's cool. And then the other second big advantage of uh, Van is it's called a mixer mortgage is that, um, if one of us wanted to sell and exit the property, we can do so get bought out, pay off our mortgage and leave and someone else can come in and it doesn't impact the mortgage of the person who's staying and a refinance is not required. And that's very unique that that product does not exist um, elsewhere uh, yeah. in North America, really. Um, in the U S we can't find it uh, yet. You know, the mixer mortgage, mixer mortgage, Van City. Is that what you, is that what it's called? That one that you just mentioned, mm -hmm. or is that another option? No, that's what it's called. That's what it's called to mixer. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Van City's cool like that. It is. You know, they're, they're great, really great credit. Union. Yeah. They're kind of triple bottom line thinkers in terms of like trying to do things more than just make money like the big banks. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think they're a big factor in, in the pre-sale business like no. we're in primarily cause they're not holding rates for three years and that kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, I can't, I had a good experience banking with them for, for a long time before Yeah, I thought I needed to go to a big bank and, uh, I don't think that was right, but yeah. you know, and it's still worth talking to the traditional banks. Um, our mortgage was with Scotia bank and, you know, there's elements to it that are assumable and, you know, it's not, it, that there are some advantages as well. Um, you know, you might get a better interest rate. It's definitely, we always, Paradigm always recommends that you talk to both a mortgage broker who can look across all of the traditional banks, find the best possible product at the best interest rate, yeah. and also talk to Van City about yeah. the mixer mortgage and yeah. have a couple of options to compare against. Yeah. Well, I love your origin story, man. I mean, it's such a real problem that you're solving. Yeah. And uh, the three of you have come together all with personal experiences, two failed, one successful, and that's awesome. So what? how do you describe the problem uh, as succinctly as possible that paradigm is solving, making it easier to, yeah, we make it easy for people to team up and buy real estate together. Yeah. You know, that's um, cool. our, our primary focus I would say is on primary residences, helping people access home ownership. It's a kind of passion of ours. Um, we are, you know, a, a, a corporation that's for profit, but we also are socially minded and a bit of a social venture to what we're doing as well. And, um, I think we're bringing our personal experiences of people who are trying to get into the market and have good jobs and good savings and still not able to do it. Um, there's all of these, you know, failed, failed, um, co-buy attempts that are out there. Um, you know, we've seen personally as well, and you know, that's what we're trying to help fix. So how do you make it easier? Um, we have a number of different tools. We've built a buyer platform right? and, and the buyer platform has a number of different tools. And then we also have our network of real estate professionals that are trained and certified in Cobine and they specialize in Cobine. Certified by you guys? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. We have a training program and then a certification. Element. Yeah. They need to understand it, be able to explain it to people. Yeah. Do the buyers need to know each other? No, they don't have to. Um, that tends to be the case, you know, um, in terms of we, one of our tools is called match where we help people 
match. Makes sense. <laughs> Real smart. Yeah, it is. But I'm not laughing because of that because my mind goes to like match.com and kind of like the dating services. And I mean, people have said it's the Tinder of Cobine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, that's a good slogan. And, uh, and match asks kind of the 15 to 20 questions that if you and I were to buy a property together that we should be asking each other, yeah. you know, where do you want to buy? How long do you want to own it for? Yeah. Uh, how much can you contribute financially, et cetera. Yeah. And you can use it to assess compatibility between people. Yeah. Um, and it's a good thing to do to use if you're looking within your network, you know, friends and, and family of someone you might want to co-buy with. Um, but then we also can, we, one of the questions we ask is, would you like to make this profile public? And then we are matching people who don't know each other as well, if they don't have any options within their network. Yeah. So sort of plan A for the match part of it is to identify the, the criteria or the characteristics of the ideal partner. Mm -hmm. And then maybe going into your own personal networks to find that problem now that you've got it kind of clearly defined. Yep. Exactly. But if that doesn't work out, Hey, we'll help someone. We'll help you find somebody. Exactly. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Interesting. I wonder if, um, do you have any, have you done this in pre-sale at all? No, we haven't been working in pre-sale per se. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting idea. Yeah. I think it's, uh, you know, obviously uh, a lot of investors in pre-sale, yeah. um, but you said it's primarily end users and primarily principal residences you've done so far. Thus far. Yeah. I wonder I mean, why it seems all... like as a, as an investor, it'd be even easier because you're not going to be even living together or anything like that. Yeah. Um, a lot of investors, I mean, they're more experienced in real estate. Um, as you get more investors together who are going to co-buy a property together, they want to form an LLC, uh, which obviously is you know the recommended way to do it. Um, I don't know. There just doesn't seem to be quite as much. Um, we're primarily focused on helping people who can't access homeownership, real estate, and we're trying to make it easier for yeah. them to do so. And what's the ideal product type? Is it the $1.5 million home in Strathcona? Uh, it can be. Um, it uh, A lot of times people are looking for multifamily properties, You know, something a duplex or a triplex where they can have um, separate living arrangements. Um, but it, it really depends on the co-buyers themselves, right? I mean, so you have friends who are co-buying together. Um, maybe they're, they've been housemates for a couple of years and they don't mind continuing to be housemates in which case, you know, any type of property, it could be a two bedroom condo, you know, it could be a four bedroom duplex with three people in it. You know? Yeah. It all depends. Um, and then you have parents helping children, you know, that is by definition co-buying. Yeah. Um, anytime you have two or more unmarried people buying property together, that is co-buying. Right? So parents helping children is obviously a huge part of the market. Um, traditionally parents have just often gifted a down payment to their kids. Um, and that, you know, worked in 2005 when down payments were $40,000. Yeah. Now when they're $180,000, parents are much more inclined to say that they'd rather have that be a co-investment yeah. than a gift. Yeah. And, uh, we also did a survey of a, a thousand millennials who don't own real estate. And, um, we asked them if you were to get assistance, um, getting into the real estate market from your parents, how would you want that assistance? And the number one answer at over 55% was, um, they want financial assistance as a co-investment Yeah, and you know, only like 20% said financial assistance as a gift. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone likes gifts, but the benefit of the co-investment model is that, you know, often think parents are helping their kids out at a time when they're coupling up. Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, they got a girlfriend, they want to buy a place, you know, everything looks good. But at the same time, 
you know, the risk of it not working out is real. And when, when the financial contribution is, is big, having some structure around it where the, the parents would feel like their, their equity or whatever, their contribution isn't at risk in the event their relationship doesn't work out. I bet your platform helps with that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, unmarried partners is obviously another big element of co-buying. Um, last year, 10% of the overall market was unmarried partners, uh, largest number ever recorded. Um, but the problem is, is when you have unmarried romantic partners that break up, what happens, right? They don't have the family law courts that yeah. marriage, cu- marriage couples have, uh, to help them navigate the process. And it's, uh, it's often very, very messy, um, vibe claimed it or called it, uh, the millennial divorce. When you've got millennials who co-bought a property together, they're not married, they had different financial contributions and now they're breaking up. How are they going to navigate that? Yeah. It can be quite challenging. No doubt. And, you know, overall kind of the, 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 the mega trends that we're kind of seeing in the real estate industry is, I mean, who traditionally has bought real estate historically, right? It's been married couples and individuals. And then the two major trends that are impacting both of those buyer groups is affordability crisis. You know, what used to cost a home in Vancouver used to cost five X of a median income. Now it's 12 X, um, much more difficult for an individual to be able to get into the market. Yeah. And then on the other side, marriage rates are plummeting. You know, so 60% of 18 to 34 year olds used to be married. Now it's less than 30%. Right? And so if you have individuals who can't get into the market and you have people who aren't getting married, that's going to lead towards a rising trend of no buying coming yeah. together. Yeah. You're on the right side of a couple. Yeah. Those are no brainers. I mean, I don't think anybody would disagree with that. Yeah. Interesting. So how do you guys make money? Um, right now our, we're focusing on traction, getting people into the platform, make we're money making, later, make money later, classic startup story. Yeah. Um, we're allowing co-buyers to come in and use everything on our platform for free. Wow. Um, the way we make money is through the professionals that we pair those co-buyers they with. refer pay a referral fee kind yeah, of a thing. Exactly. So first we have a annual subscription with the real estate professionals that, um, want to be part of our network. We train and certify, we also provide them with marketing materials so that they can advertise themselves as co-buy specialists, um, social media, photos, videos, uh, webinar slides so they can attract new leads, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, in addition to that annual subscription, we get a referral fee when a transaction closes. Cool. Yeah. And what, uh, like, are you, I mean, how, how much, how much volume do you have so far? Are you able to talk about that yet? Yeah. So we spent the first year and a half really just building out the platform, building out the tools, et cetera. Um, doing a little bit of test marketing along the way as a new tool would get developed, we'd market it, get feedback. Um, and really we just have what we feel like is a, a complete platform at this point. Now it's still beta. There's still lots of work to be done, of course, product development side. Um, but, uh, we, built out that platform, um, last fall. And then we started doing test marketing in six different cities, uh, four in the U S Vancouver and Toronto and Vancouver and Toronto were far and away had the biggest appetite for cobine. I mean, it was like night and day difference. I wonder why price price, um, for, for sure. And I don't know, it feels like there's probably a little bit of a cultural difference too. Canadians are just a little bit more willing to do something like this where they're going to co-buy with friends and family. Um, I wonder, that's interesting. It yeah. sounds nice. Like I'm kind of proud of that. It kind of, <laughs> like, kind of pumps me up a little bit, but I, I yeah. don't understand. I don't really know why, 
I don't know, I guess we're friendly, but I think Americans are friendly too. Yeah. I think the price has something to do with it. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Vancouver and Toronto, I mean, you're solving a real problem yeah. where it's, uh, the price is a multiple of income is. That's the challenge, yeah, right? It's yeah. a huge challenge. I mean, if, uh, home prices in you know, all the major metropolitan areas are high, but in Vancouver and Toronto, you have the double whammy of salaries being lower mm -hmm. and, uh. It's just no other way to get into the market in a lot of respects. What is your personal co-buy concierge? I'm guessing that's somebody who you can just ask dumb questions and they can talk you through it yeah. for a realtor. Yeah, well, so the buyers can contact their co-buy concierge at any point um, and get help with the tools, the platform, uh, they have connections to professionals. You know, hey, I finished my ownership agreement. Now I need a, a lawyer. Who should I work with, uh, et cetera. They're, yeah. they're there to help answer questions at yeah. any point. Is the first step, for a buyer uh, going onto your platform and sort of giving some information to see what they could even qualify for or, or how does it start? Yeah. So it starts with uh, people signing up to our platform and we ask them four onboarding questions effectively is, do you already have co-buyers? Um, and about 50, 50 do actually about 50% of the people coming into our platform already know who they want to co-buy with, whether it be a, a housemate or a parent or a brother or whatnot. Um, uh, what location, um, do you want to co-buy in? Um, and do you already, are you already working with a real estate agent or mortgage broker, et cetera? So yeah. as those prospective buyers come in, um, we then kind of navigate how we're going to handle each of those different, uh, users. Uh, if they don't have co-buyers, we direct them towards match, um, and, um, get them to fill that out. And kind of just going back to your traction question, um, I was going to say that we've now spent the last since March 1st, so almost exactly two months, we've been focusing our marketing efforts just on uh, British Columbia, Vancouver and Victoria predominantly. Um, total spend in marketing is pretty low. And you know, we've had over 200 people submit match profiles. Wow. And we've had 160 people sign up to our platform. And yeah. That's so cool. So that we feel like we're at a point now where we've demonstrated um, market demand that no doubt. people want what we are are offering and we think we have product market fit. Yeah. And uh, the next phase for us is to um, continue to do some more fundraising, kind of the next step of our fundraising journey um, and uh, do more product development. We've got a couple awesome features that we want to incorporate into the platform. And then we want to wrap the whole thing into a really nice integrated um, platform where there's messaging and document storage and everything else. That's cool. Still, still work to be done, of course. And on the fundraising side, what are, what have you done so far? Where are you at on that? Um, we completed a friends and family round last year, um, raised 475,000. So our classic friends, family, and fans. Um, and now we're just kicking off a pre-seed round where we're aiming to raise 800. Yeah. And that's to take you through the actual implementation of getting some of these deals done in this market? Yeah. I mean, so we're doing that already yeah. um, in terms of, you know, like the 200 matches that came in, you know, just as an anecdotal story, one came in yesterday um, from someone in Surrey. You mentioned that area of your focus as well, um, where um, he's got uh, 200,000 available for a down payment. He can get uh, pre-qualified uh, for 300,000. Um, and so that he's got 500,000, but that He's got a young family and that's just not enough money to get the type of house he wants. So he's looking for a co-buyer, either someone who would share a multifamily property or a silent investor who would 
come in and just provide kind of enough down payments that he could buy an $800,000 townhome. Yeah. He submitted that match profile. That's what he's looking to do. I looked through our 200 profiles that we've received over the last two months and nine people have indicated that they want to go buy in Surrey. I found three that sound like really good fits for him in terms of they each also have over 150,000 available for a down payment. They could contribute in a significant way to the mortgage. And so I just sent them all an introduction this morning, you know, and let's get to know each other and see who's interested in who co-buying with who. And, uh, and then, you know, as they figure out and finalize who they might do this with, we then make the introductions to the mortgage broker and to Van City to get the pre-approval process ready. That's cool. Um, introduce them to a real estate agent based in Surrey who's been trained and certified and co-buying through Paradigm. That's cool. Et cetera. That's really cool. Yeah. I'm so happy for that person with their young family, like yeah. potentially being able to own their home or they otherwise couldn't. Yeah. So say I was the uh person that was as an investor interested in helping them buy that home. Mm -hmm. How would that, how would that work for me? If I didn't have the, I could write the check for 150 grand, I could pay my share of the mortgage or, um, or not like, or not like, how does that, how, what are the options for me as an investor? Yeah. Um, you could approach it in a number of different ways. Um, paradigm recommends that ownership percentages and the sharing of equity when the home sales, is determined by financial contributions, right? So if you put in, just to use round numbers, uh, 200,000 and he puts in 400,000 as a down payment, when you first start, you would own a third of the home and he would own two thirds of the home. Um, If you didn't contribute to the mortgage at all and he just paid the mortgage, then uh, he would also earn a bit more ownership percentage over time for every mortgage payment that he made. To the equity contribution of that To the principal. Yeah, yeah, I see. The principal element of the mortgage payment, which which also changes over time. Yeah. um, One of our tools in the platform is an ownership calculator um, where all the co-buyers put in their financial contributions, down payment, monthly mortgage, and you put in the the terms of your mortgage as well. the rate, amortization period, et cetera. And then our output is uh, each co-buyer's individual ownership percentage over time. And then you can also put in an estimated um, appreciation rate for the property, and uh, it'll give you each individual person's estimated equity over time. That's fun. It feels like um, almost like a bid process where I might be on the platform as an investor and say, uh, this is what I'm willing to do. I've got $200,000. I'm willing to invest this way, but I don't want to make any more contributions. Yep. So I'm looking for a partner that's, you know, like the one that you mentioned, that's willing to carry it all yep. in exchange for earning a growing share of the equity over time as the equity contributions increase over time. Yep. And if I was, if that was appealing to that, that, that buyer, that majority owner, or that lead buyer, whatever you call it, um, that might be a fit. But if they found someone else that was a better fit, like also willing to make their share of the monthly contributions. Yep. And if that family was worried about the total cost of that mortgage payment, they might go that route instead. Is that how it works? That's where it's heading. Yeah. Yeah. Right now our MV, our match tool is very much an MVP, you know, tell us about your profile and what you're looking for. And we're kind of really just manually putting people together. Yeah. But after this next fundraising round, that's what we aim to build is exactly what you just described. Yeah. Yeah. So aside from fees from real estate professionals, referral fees and whatnot, um, you know, what is the value that you're creating for, for investors in, in your company, in your platform? Like where is the, what's the end game? The, 
What's the long-term value that you're creating in your company? Yeah. So eventually we believe our vision is that co-buying is going to become a major component of the way in which people buy and sell property, right? So Agreed. not just in terms of co-buyers coming together in the way in which we just described from, yeah, a little bit manual from a match perspective, yeah. right? But also just in terms of the selling of fractional shares of property. Yeah. So another piece that we're going to start building out and, you know, it's, this has come very organically the way it often does with, with entrepreneurial startups is we've had a number, we're getting almost like one a week, a number of different people reaching out to us saying, I want to sell 25% of my home. Right? And they can do that currently through companies like Unison. Um, but they often don't want to do that with a corporation and pay all of the fees associated with that. They'd rather sell that 25% to a friend or family member, or possibly even a, a stranger or an investor. Yeah. So there's this other kind of big component of us being on the sell side. So not just helping co-buyers come together, but also um, having a fractional listing database, uh, which would really provide some unique competitive dynamics, um, competitive network effects, all of that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then, you know, ultimately uh, on the co-buyer side as well, kind of just the increasing the number of tractions, um, sorry, in, on the co-buyer side, increasing the number of transactions that are taking place. And it's all highly, highly scalable, right? We're focusing on Vancouver right now because our test marketing show that it's a great place, but this platform can work seamlessly across all of Canada and the United States. Mm. Um, there's real no, there's no reason why it can't. The only potential subtle differences are local regulations yeah. associated, you know, that might impact the ownership agreement. Yeah. But people get their agreement finalized by a lawyer anyway at the yeah. end of the process. So um, what we envision is being a really large real estate tech platform that's involved in tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of transactions on both the buy and sell side. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting, man. I think that there's huge value in the, like you must be learning so much about what are the issues around co-buying and, and to become the world leader in, in co-buying real estate, it seems like a very valuable opportunity. I mean, the, the knowledge and the data that you're going to generate about, um, what people care about, what are the issues, how to solve them, all that type of stuff is, uh, I don't know. You guys seem like um, a very exciting leader in that category. And there's been some other, you know, fractional uh, ownership kind of startups. I've invested in them and uh, I believe in that too, but that's taken a, a very like micro investment approach, you know, giving people access to real estate that way. Yeah. Whereas you're coming at it from the other side, yeah. you know, you're talking about half third, two thirds, you know, shares like this, as opposed to the super micro stuff. Yeah. Um, so prop tech is kind of the industry that we are, are in technology of, of real estate. And, um, there's a, a venture capitalist in the U S named Pete Flint. He's a, a prop tech specialist, um, with NFX capital. And he wrote this long article on, on, uh, their blog website, uh, in September of 2022 called the ownership revolution, real estate 3.0 is the ownership revolution. So, you know, 2005, it was the, uh, information revolution where suddenly consumers now had the same access of information. And then in 2015 or so it was the, um, digital revolution, the digital efficiency revolution with DocuSign and ability to kind of have the transactions move more efficiently. Starting in 2022, he's envisioning there being an ownership revolution. Um, have you heard of Picasso? The 
Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the vacation, vacation property, luxury yeah. vacation, right? So that's the first big company um, to really kind of go after fractional ownership for luxury vacation homes, um, co-founded by the ex-CEO of Zillow. Um, fastest unicorn in U.S. history became a $1.5 billion company in a year and a half. Wow. Um, focusing just on fractional ownership of um luxury vacation homes. You know what I love about that? Um, there's lots to love about that, but <laughs> what I love about it is when someone takes like an old gross idea, like timeshare, uh, and just puts a really beautiful polish on it, you know, yeah. and makes it something that's literally tried and true for decades yeah. and, and just makes it amazing yeah. uh, and appealing to people who wouldn't otherwise be interested in a timeshare. Yeah. Their first FAQ is how is this different than a timeshare? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the answer? Yeah. Um, I mean, I it mean, just sounds better that I have a neighbor who's told me about it twice. Like he's pretty obsessed with it. Yeah. I mean, instead of buying a, you know, a hotel room or kind of a gross condo, like, yeah, shitty brown, like second condo, rate, it's a, thingy. you know, it's a $8 million home in Aspen that yeah. you get a one eighth share of. Yeah. It's aspirational yeah. and it's at a different appealing to a different market. Absolutely. Probably, right? Right. Um, so that's one side of, of fractional ownership in terms of the vacation angle. Um, then there's other companies that have attacked fractional ownership for rental properties, kind of what you just mentioned, where people can invest as little as a dollar or thousand dollars, whatever it is, depends on the company. Um, these are companies like Roofstock and Fractional.app that um, are making it easy for people to co-own rental properties, right? And it's very return on investment focused, like all the properties that says you will earn 17.2%, you know, return on this property or 8.3%. Right. And, um, it's all about making real estate more accessible to the average investor, which is just great. Um, doesn't help people get into homes, right. And become owners of primary residences. Um, and that, that particular market around fractional ownership of rental properties has become very crowded. There's like a dozen companies now all kind of doing that, offering a fractional marketplace platform. Um, so Paradigm kind of sits in a unique channel of trying to help people get into primary residences primarily um, um, from a co-ownership perspective. Yeah. Vacation properties or primary residences? Mostly, again, like there's no reason we can't do any of any of the different types of real estate. We can do vacation properties. Yeah. We can do investment properties that are just going to be this. rentals. Yeah. Um, you know, based you could on do vacation properties just as easily. We as, could do vacation properties just as easily. Um, it just uh, based on you know our marketing messaging and the the users that are coming to our platform currently. Uh, it's seems to be very squared towards, uh, primary residences. Yeah. Interesting. I like how you're taking a different approach than the super micro fractional approach. You know, this is your clients are probably looking for principal residents, probably looking for an investor, partner, parent, friend to live with them or not. Mm -hmm. uh, but they're definitely having a say in, in the property that they're going to own as opposed to the super fractional ones where it's, they're just making a small investment and they're not going to have any, any sort of give any direction over the property that should be bought. They might yeah. be able to perhaps choose a property specifically from a yeah. number of selection, a number of options, but yeah. Um, but yeah, it's totally different. Yeah. Why, why not presale? Seems like, um, like one of the reasons presale is so successful is because it is arguably like the easiest entry point into yeah. real estate ownership, you know, the, the starter home category. 
Yeah. Uh, whether it's a place to live or an investment, um, you know, the developers and development marketing companies make it just so easy to come into a sales center and, and meet somebody and see what the home's going to look like and, and have a ton of options, different price points, uh, yeah. all different sizes of homes and that kind of thing. And, um, they're just real professionals and they make it super, super comfortable and easy. And then once the buyer decides to buy, um, there's not a lot to do. You know, they just, they pay a deposit, usually uh, around 5% of the purchase price to start. And then it grows to 15 or 20% over, over one or two years. And, um, and then there's nothing to do until completion in terms of like, you know, getting the mortgage locked down or whatever you could lock it in at pre-sales so that, you know, even if rates go up over time, that you're only going to ever pay the, the locked in and promised amount by the big bank. Um, but if those rates go down, you could just choose to get a different mortgage later at, at better terms. Yeah. But it, I bet that there's a market that you could open up in the pre-sale world of, of particularly investors that would rather buy half a condo than yeah. a whole condo because the prices have gone up just like everything else. Yeah. I think my um, unknowledgeable bias on the pre-sales is that it's primarily targeting individuals. So people that are buying on their own. Um, and Paradigm's focus has been on bringing two or more people together to buy a property. Now, you make the point about an individual uh, doing a pre-sale and then pairing them with a co-investor. And I think that's definitely an opportunity. There's a company out of Toronto that's doing that called Key, Key, K-E-Y. Yeah. Um, yeah, they've been on the show. They've been on the show. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's uh, that's an angle. And I, I noticed it was interesting because when they first came out, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like when they first came out, it was very much about the company providing capital to help people be able to buy any type of property. And then over time, it seems like they've kind of evolved towards really focusing on pre-sale and development properties and having matching with a co-investor or almost like the developer is part of like the co-investor in a way. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it, it feels to the general public like a, a rent to own opportunity. Mm -hmm. So as a buyer, if you can't swing, you know, the whole amount, um, that, you know, you can get into an ownership position, a minority ownership position, call yeah. it, and either the developer or another investor is helping you own that. Yeah. And that through your payments, you're, you're buying more and more of your home over time. And so they are, they are, you know, doing that for sure, but it's different. It's actually quite different because, uh, in the pre-sale world, especially cause we talked about it, they are usually, um, relying on the developer to be the ones kind of, I don't think sponsoring is the right word, but for lack of a better word, I'll just use that to yeah. sponsor the, the rest of the ownership of the, of the rest of the home. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't really work for developers. You know, the challenge is that developers are in the business of, you know, um, market condo developers are in the business of getting these condos sold and closing the project and moving on to the next. Yeah. And if they weren't in that business, they'd probably be developing a rental property, you right. know? Uh, and this solution, the key solution kind of puts them awkwardly in the middle, you right. know, where, where they have like an ongoing ownership stake and a portion of the homes in the building. And again, it works for some developers. They have done some deals, uh, I think back East particularly, but, and maybe not in this market yet, but it's a little bit different. Yeah. But back to your offering in the pre-sale world, I think there is a lot of opportunity. Um, you might not know how many 
pre-sale condo buyers are getting help from their parents, for right. example. Um, how many of them are new couples? Yeah. Um, there is frankly probably a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't have the the data, and maybe I should, but it'd be pretty easy to figure out. But I don't know if it's the majority, but it's a huge number. Man. You might guess. Yeah, really huge. Yeah. Um, and the volumes are are so big, and there's so much time in pre-sale. Uh, it's something that you should probably consider. Yeah. Um, and the other reason is you you would get to sort of jump in on these you know multi million dollar marketing campaigns that that go with these projects, um, mm. and developers would make you know paradigm and the opportunity of co ownership. It would it would sound to the public something like um, you know own for as little as fifty thousand dollars or something right. like that. And to an investor uh, who only had $50,000 to invest, you know, that might sound like a great opportunity. And once they engage, they would find out that, um, that they would be owning, you know, this condo with one or two other people mm -hmm. um, and that they would register their interest, just like all buyers register their interest. And then they get talked to by the sales team and, you know, we find homes for them. Yeah. Uh, but there could be, you know, a bucket of buyers who are only looking for a part of a home, half yeah. or a third versus a whole ownership opportunity. I think a lot of developers get behind that. Yeah, I was going to say that sounds really interesting, and especially in terms of leveraging the power of the developer yeah. and, and their marketing team yeah, it's um, huge. to incorporate Paradigm into their offering. Yeah. Like, come buy our pre-sale, um, and if you're not buying it outright on your own, maybe you're getting help from uh, your parents, maybe you're going to do it with a partner. Well, we've got Paradigm here to help make it all seamless and easy. Yeah. How many parents would be more willing to help if they didn't have to have an awkward conversation with their kid about how they're going to get paid back or, yeah. or what happens if they have their girlfriend or boyfriend move in with them and, and all of the risk that comes with that to the parents' contribution of equity or yeah. whatever it, um, yeah, I think it's got a lot of potential. Yeah. Um, a lot of sense. bring a ton of awareness to what you're doing and, and get a lot more people make this very easy entry point of, um, you know, pre-sale even easier, you yeah. know, just smaller, less, better. I like it. Yeah. It's cool. And it, and the win for companies like key marketing, their development marketing company or the developer is that it just, you know, it's got a, like an altruistic thing about helping broadening the market, helping more people into the market, which is something that everybody I think wants to do. Yeah. Um, while at the same time, you're still moving a significant volume of homes, you right. know, which is kind of the, the point. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, some of the super fractional options, um, which I've looked at in terms of project marketing. The trouble with those is that they might bring some interesting awareness to the project where people find out that they can in, own some real estate in this project for as little as a dollar or something like that. How many of those investors do you need to sell even one condo? You know, it just doesn't move a lot of volume. Yeah. But in halves or thirds, like what you guys facilitate, uh, I think the volume is actually very exciting. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, if developers are looking for a pool of buyers and those buyers have a price threshold that they have to be over, if the developer can facilitate the price threshold dropping, you know, by a third, um, because they've now partnered with this company, Paradigm, that makes that fractional ownership mechanism much more streamlined and easy, yeah. then the developer is just vastly widened the pool of prospective buyers for them. Yeah. And everything that would need to be figured out, you guys have already figured out or could very easily figure out. Like for example, uh, 
you know, pre-sale, a lot of people uh, assign or flip the condo before, you know, before construction because they can, because they're going to make some money. Uh, so there'd be a conversation to be had around, you know, what if one party wants to flip and, and the other one doesn't, you know, how does that work? Yep. Um, but all pretty easy to solve, you know, yeah. pretty small potatoes in terms of what else you guys have had to figure out along the way. Makes sense. Yeah. We should talk further about that. Yeah, yeah totally. About, <laughs> you know, a project in specific. Uh, yeah, specifically we got, we got lots and, uh, I think it's a fit for, um, I think mostly investors, you know, feels like the no brainer. Yeah. Um, but potentially, you know, a lot of developers get stuck with, um, I say stuck with, that's not very, very marketing of me to say, but the reality <laughs> is a lot of cities want developers to build larger family oriented homes, uh, three bedroom condos, et cetera. And, um, and they're tough, you know, they're tough sell because, right. uh, the pre-sale buyer is a pretty savvy buyer. They're usually uh, an investment-minded individual who sees, you know, a, a changing neighborhood, an opportunity to get in early, and and at four years from now, when that's completed, it's going to be worth more, and and that kind of buyer. Whereas the three-bedroom condo buyer probably isn't a rental investor. That those type of condos just don't rent for yeah. enough to justify the price. Yeah. So they're probably an end user, and an end user, young family. They, they, there's few and far between, but that they're going to buy something four years in advance of, of needing it. Yeah. It's a tough one. Yeah. But a person who wanted to own a condo, if it was real easy for a person who wanted to buy a condo and live in it, um, to buy one third of a three bedroom home than a one bedroom, call it in that same building. Yeah. I think there's buyers for that, you yeah. know, and there's lots of people who would, you know, maybe their only other option is renting and, uh, owning a third of a three bedroom is just an, just an amazing start for, for them to get into the real estate ladder. Yeah. It's definitely sense. figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So next is, um, raising more capital and just keeping things rolling. Yeah. That uh, person you mentioned, Pete Flint, is that NFX? Yep. Yeah. And you think highly of, of him and his forecast of what's happening. And well, I mean, I just love the fact that he dubbed 2022 and beyond it's as just the ownership revolution. <laughs> it just happens to be what you're doing. Right? Yeah. I love it. I couldn't agree with uh, him more. I mean, yeah. you know, also respect he's built, he's built $2 billion prop tech companies himself. Yeah. Yeah. He's qualified. Yeah. And you love his opinion. <laughs> and I agree with uh, his view on where the market is heading. Yeah, totally. What else? What other opportunities do you see out there that are impactful on what you're doing? Or Well, I mean, I wanted to touch upon the fractional listing piece again, because I think that is really interesting. I mean, imagine a world as home prices continue to just increase and increase where you're walking around and you're seeing for sale signs, but instead of it, the entire property that's for sale, you know, the little placard above says 30% ownership. Right? Yeah. And now, you know, because of companies like Paradigm, where it's actually easy to um, be able to facilitate that transaction and have a 30% ownership stake in a property, you know, maybe, maybe you're a resident in that property, maybe you're not, maybe you're an investor, um, but it's easy. Then uh, that's, that's where, you know, the game kind of really starts to change yeah. in a significant way for a lot of people. Yeah. And what is the, you know, kind of what are the two main things that you know, are required in order to see that type of vision happen is ease in the transaction, right? You need to have all of the particulars of how that transaction, which is typically very complicated, um, be, be more streamlined. And then secondly, you need a liquid, you need the investment to be liquid, 
right? You need to be able to buy and sell that 30% share, much like the thousand dollar investors on, on the fractional rental property. Um, in order for that to happen, you have to have some, you know, potential changes in the mortgage market. And so, I mean, Van City's got their, a, a great step forward with the mixer mortgage where there is liquidity, where I can come off a mortgage and it doesn't impact someone else. Um, but we need more products like that. Oh, that's cool. I never thought of that. So that's at a bigger scale. That's part of the mixer where if I wanted out, I could sell my 30% and a new buyer, if qualified, could just step in and no one else that was an owner would be affected. Yep. That's cool. Yeah. And once you have that type of liquidity, um, that really breaks the market open, I think, yeah. from a fractional perspective. Yeah. That's that's kind of the, the big potential roadblock that a lot of people have with co-buying is, you know, what happens if I want to exit before my partner does? Yeah. Right? And Paradigm right now has a recommended process for doing that. Like what are the steps? How are people informed? How much time has to take place? Write a first refusal to buy them out, blah, blah, blah. And that's all good and much better to have that in place than nothing at all. Um, but what would really break things wide open is if uh, a person can just much more easily exit from a liquidity standpoint without it impacting the mortgage of the entire property. I get that. So what's stopping them from advertising their 20 or 30% stake in that property right now? Yeah, it, you can, um, people are, I mean, I actually saw a condo for sale recently in Vancouver where it's a 50% ownership stake. Um, so it's, it's possible. Um, but I think because of the liquidity challenge and, you know, kind of the transaction challenge that it's still not mainstream, of course. Yeah, of course. And the buyer would have so many questions about who's the other owner, right. you know, is this going to work out? How do I get out? You know, all those type of questions would come up. Yeah. It's exciting, man. It's a uh, new territory, you yeah. know, it's definitely growing and, uh, and you guys, I love your approach to it. Um, definitely big option in pre-sale. The single family thing is a cool idea. I've often wondered about, you know, whether there was an opportunity to, uh, to measure people's home equity for them to track it yep. so that people I think would be really excited as they build wealth in their, in their home equity or their real estate portfolio equity to see it easily and to have it updated in real time as there's home sales in the neighborhood or any new data that comes in, yep. um, easily plug in their kind of mortgage and debt information to see, you know, how their actual net equity is growing. Yep. Um, there's a terrific company called house canary that, um, does digital appraisals. Um, and they're based out of San Francisco CEOs guy. I know from my days at Boston consulting group named Jeremy Cyclic. Um, and they effectively based on, you know, 30 plus data points can tell you what your home value is on a given day within 2% accuracy. Really? That's cool. And, uh, you know, we envision a, a world where we have real-time values of people's homes from a co-ownership perspective when you've got that type of liquidity op uh, opportunity as well where you could say you know hey i want to sell my 30 percent share um, and you know what that 30 percent share is worth right then yeah that really um, accelerates a fractional marketplace type idea yeah what if there's a lot of opportunity in that right now with all of the home equity uh owned by like this huge group of baby boomers that are getting to an age where, you know, the reverse mortgage industry is a little bit gross. Yep. Um, but, uh, but there's, it seems like the right thing to do to help 
these people pull out some of their equity to, to do other things with it. Yeah. You know, buy a vacation property perhaps, or, or help their kids buy or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, the fractional listing idea. I guess that is it. Cause right now the reverse mortgage industry is just all about debt and just taking on more debt to, to sort of allow to give them some money to spend elsewhere. Yeah. But this is an equity solution. Yeah. You know, yeah. Pull out some of your equity, get some cash. Yeah. Now you have a co-investor. Yeah, your well. house is long since paid off. Do you need to die with it? Hundred percent paid off, or could you sell twenty-five percent of it and enjoy life a little bit more and leave your kids seventy-five percent? Exactly. Yeah, cool idea. So, is that something that you're actively pursuing, or is that just one of the many growth opportunities that you see? It's uh, somewhere in between, I would say. Like very early days of actively pursuing it. Um, we're starting to create an intake form of people who are interested in selling a fractional share of their property. Like I said, we were, it wasn't something we were initially focused on, but when people keep asking for it, it kind of opens your eyes a little bit. Yeah. Um, maybe this is an opportunity here. No doubt. Um, and so we're building an intake form now of, of what we need to get uh, in terms of the property information, the, the owner's information, et cetera, and being able to then advertise that and that switches us from a business perspective to only focusing on buyers and helping buyers to now we're on the sell side, which is also nice in the real estate market world. Totally. Totally. I was just going to say, it's also a really nice pairing with the match tool because we've got a whole pool of people that are interested in co-buying and co-ownership that can't afford to get in and buy a complete property on their own. And now we're building a pool of people that want to sell fractional share of their home. Um, you know, another anecdote last week, I talked to this nice woman on Vancouver Island whose home is getting foreclosed on. Um, she has between now until September to figure out how she can keep her home. Right? And so she contacted us to see if we could find a co-buyer for her right? who would oh, that's amazing. come in and buy out some of her equity, maybe take over part of her mortgage payments. Um, they could live on the property. They could, she said, you know, she was very flexible. She said, we could build a auxiliary unit, a tiny home or maybe something even bigger in the back. She, yeah. she had a bit of, of, of uh, acreage and you know, potentially allow a person to not get foreclosed on and stay yeah. in their home. That'd be amazing. Yeah. It would feel a little bit risky for a, a buyer to come into a situation like that where the, the main lender is already, you know, making threats and things like that. Yeah. I wonder how they would feel ultimately protected. Yeah. Or they may they have to, but I wonder how you solve that. You know, if, uh, uh, that would be my first thought as an investor coming into a deal like that. I mean, it'd be really nice to help that lady, Yeah. but how, how would you like get over the kind of the fear of like being foreclosed on later for some non-performance and, uh, yeah. having the thing sold by the, by yeah, the I mean, you need to look at her finances quite carefully, right? In yeah. terms of, okay, so if I come in with this amount of cash um, in exchange for equity, where does that put you? Where does that put your mortgage? How much can you afford on a monthly basis right now You know, versus what you were able to bef afford before? What's changed? Yeah. And yeah, you definitely need to get into the particulars there yeah, and make no yourself doubt. comfortable. And if people are interested in uh, investing or owning with a friend or, or registering, they go to uh, your website, which is spell it because it's cool. Tell me the story behind the name to hair <laughs> of Dimes. Joe loves puns. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're trying to change the uh, uh, the paradigm of real estate and the way in which people buy and sell real estate. Um, and our company name is Paradigm, um, spelled P-A-I-R-A-D-I-M-E. You're 
people are pairing their dimes together to yeah. buy that million dollar <laughs> property. Yeah. That's cool. I get it. And it's easy to remember because of the double meaning and, you know, literally pairing up and whatnot. Yeah. And you have, uh, that's at .ca and .com. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty easy to find if you just spell it the right way. Right. Yeah. And for anybody can just go on the website and, and register their interest in, in potentially um, becoming one of these parties to buy. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we actually have two sides of our company, as we talked about before we have buyers. And if you go to our website, that's 99% of what you see is we're focused on helping co-buyers. And so we, you know, explain our platform, we explain our tools and services, um, who it's targeted for. We've got a learning center, um, et cetera. Um, but then way down in the bottom site map, um, there's a four brokers, uh, link and that's for brokers who are interested in joining our network. Um, and we talk about, uh, the training and certification and the marketing tools that we provide. Um, and so, yeah, if you're a real estate professional, either mortgage broker or real estate agent, um, interested in working with paradigm, um, either you have co-buyers that you're frequently working with, or you would like paradigm to start sending you new leads of the co-buyers that are coming to our platform. Um, we do both. Um, then, um, we've got, uh, an option for those that, that as well. Awesome. So buyers, uh, agents, anyone else that, that mortgage brokers, mortgage brokers. Yeah. Awesome. And lenders as well. I mean, we've been talking to Van City for quite some time um, around not just you know the leads that we're sending them uh, on a regular basis, but also in terms of um, a bigger, broader partnership of you know co-marketing um, what we have um, to help people get into the market. Um, and then in the United States, we've been talking with a major lender called Flagstar, or I think number six largest mortgage company in the United States is actually a bank mortgage and, um, same thing like, you know, marketing partnership, marketing agreement, where we're promoting them as our kind of go-to lender, um, specializing in co-ownership solutions. Yeah. Cool. Awesome, man. Well, it sounds like a lot of fun. I think it's time we should have a beer and talk specific about like maybe one or two presale projects where, where you should get involved and help some, help some people enter in this really, really easy way. Um, but I appreciate learning more about what you're doing. I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. I think you're solving a a legit problem and I'm super excited for you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks for having me on.